1: I'm Marjorie Punnett. And I'm Elizabeth Reese. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating happy, healthy, beautiful homes that prepare us to fly. And what a special episode it is today because a lot of people are flying
0: high. We can see people flying high in the sky right now at the Minnesota State Fair. We are so happy to be in front of a live audience of (laughs) Best to the Nesters, hanging out, and we're doing our podcast here for the first time that in the beginning... Of this podcast, we've never done an episode nope. together and sitting oh right next God. to each
1: other. It's weird. I this can't is, look at you. This is the <laughs> first time we've
0: broadcast together since we had our radio show together yeah. at My Talk 1071, the Marjorie and Elizabeth show several years ago. And so this episode we're calling Best to the Nest two oh one. And if you want if you've been listening to our podcast, the very first episode that we did seven months ago, we launched at the end of January twenty nineteen, was Best to the Nest one oh one, where we talked a lot about the origins story of the concept, why we want to be having these conversations, why they're so important to us. And 201 is sort of an extension of that, where this concept came from, but then
1: also what we've really been gaining from having these conversations over the last seven months. This is the beauty of Best of the Nest is I think both of us are learning. And I hope that for those of you that listen, you can take little gems away as well, just little reminders of how you can make your life better and it's been interesting because my kids are so much older now but when we talk about raising families and all of that it's even I always take stuff away still yeah still yeah
0: it's good so the idea of best to the nest started when Marjorie and I hosted our radio show together years ago on my talk 1071 and during this time period I was getting married and then having a baby and oh goodbye person that's going to eat everything at the fair the cookies (laughs)
1: Marjorie
0: um, did – you would give me advice, and we would have these conversations, and we would have a lot of conversations during the commercial breaks. And one of the pieces of advice that Marjorie gave me as a person who was emptying her nest and I was beginning my nest was don't be your best self out into the world and then bring the crabby version home, which a lot of us do, right? I mean, you go out to work, and you're, like, so friendly at the water cooler, and you make Susie brownies for her birthday – And then it's like you're home and your husband didn't load a dish into the dishwasher and you want to chew his head off. Yep. And it's a bad strategy for life. So it's really common and you can kind of feel like this circle of guilt where you feel like the people that you love the most and that you care the most about are the ones that are getting the worst of you. And I think that happens to a lot of us as mothers. I think it happens if you're at home with the kids. My experience is it's even more challenging when you're out in the workplace because then you
1: feel like you have even less to give at home. And it, it really started in our family. I got married very young and I remember I would wake up and my husband Ian and I would wake up and decide that I could be in any mood I felt like being in. If I was cranky, I get to be cranky. And my husband looked at me. I mean, I was 20, so I just felt like I could do whatever I wanted. (laughs) And he looked at me and said, you know, you really have to be more careful about who you are here. Wow. We have to make sure that we treat each other really well. Yeah. That you don't get to be that just because you feel like being that, and you don't get to be that to me. Yeah. And I thought that that was such an amazing thing to think about that we really do have to caretake the people that we love most of all. We can't be careless with that. We cannot be careless with that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so when Marjorie gave me that advice,
0: I, because I have chickens in my backyard, said, oh, it's like your best to the nest. And we kind of laughed and we went on with the show that day. And then it turned into this little seed of an idea that was in my brain that was there and then when Marjorie and I would have conversations after we quit doing the radio show together Marjorie moved to Phoenix one day I called her when I was on a walk with the baby and I said I have this idea for a podcast. Okay, that was four years ago. It took us four <laughs> years to get the podcast going. But we did it. And it was all based on that one little nugget of information. So what we're doing today is going through some of our favorite things that we've learned and we've implemented into our own lives as we've been having these conversations on Best to the Nest. You guys, we are on our way to a million downloads on Best to the Nest. We are Thank you. so happy. And it's this little engine that could. It's this little thing. And what's been so incredible is to hear the feedback from people who say, I'm listening to these conversations and it's changing my life. Or I'm doing the dishes and I'm crying as I'm listening to this because I can relate to it. And we definitely try to make this a place where we're sharing a lot of intimate personal things and really in a way that doesn't make you feel like we have it all figured out because we totally don't. don't.
1: We don't. We're
0: just all on this journey together. And if we can all go into Every day, with the idea of bringing our best to the nest, we believe it can be a better day than if you don't start with that idea.
1: I take a weird pride in the fact that we make people cry. <laughs> I don't know why. We get a Who's lot tried? of Who's crying while they know? listen to the podcast? Okay. I don't know. I just yeah, I just feel I feel cried like, while doing the podcast. I feel like if you're crying, we're all getting to the root of what makes life life. And that I think so that's true. a beautiful thing.
0: Okay. So when you go back, Marjorie, I know
1: episode five, oh. which was titled Play, 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 meant a lot
0: to you. It And is. there were some things that you really took away from that one.
1: So we had a guest on named Meredith Sinclair. I've known her for years and years and years. And she wrote a book called Well Played. And what I love about Meredith is I've known her before she had babies, then she had babies. Her husband works a million hours. She was a stay-at-home mom. She'd been a teacher, and then she was a stay-at-home mom. And she went through this period, like I think a lot of women do, when they're really... And I will say it's stuck at home, yeah. and they're trying to figure out, got this overwhelming responsibility. If you've got these kids, you want to keep them safe. You want to make sure they're doing all their more. You want to make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure. And she said she realized that her, her husband was considered the fun one in the family.
0: He's the fun one.
1: And she said... And she was the dud. Yeah, yeah, she was the dud. And she said, you know, I... That made me super mad. Made me super mad that I'm here all day, I'm doing everything, he walks in the door, and the kids just think he's the best thing in the world. And what I loved about what she said on the podcast is she said she changed her attitude. She changed her paradigm. Instead of being angry with him or saying, you know, you need to take more of the responsibility, you need to take over the homework, she's like, screw that. I'm going to be the fun one. Yeah. And from that moment on, she has built a career out of being the fun one. So she now appears on the Today Show. She talks about how to have fun at Thanksgiving, how to play with your kids, how to have the best summer, all out of that idea that she was going to be the fun one. And so she wrote this book called Well Played, which, if you have young children, I can't recommend it more. It's all about keeping the play in your family. Of letting the things go that need to be let go of, like the house is a little messy, and keeping the play in your family. It's a wonderful book. But that idea, what I took from her when we talked to her was that idea of she shifted her attitude. And I think so many times we can look around us in our families or even at work and think, oh, that person, oh, that person. It's just nice to take a pause, to use Jay, your husband's words, take a hard pause. Take a hard pause. Take a hard pause and think, okay, what can I change first? And then see if the world around you changes. It's so true. One thing that I really took from that conversation,
0: Marjorie, was the idea, and I wrote these notes down. So while we're doing the podcast and we're talking to guests, I'm constantly, like, taking notes of little nuggets that I love. And I hope you're not doing that if you're listening to it while you're driving. But if you're at home, then you can totally do yes. it. One thing she said was, playfulness is a connector and humor is a connector. Yeah. And I wrote those things down. And one thing I've really noticed throughout this podcast and throughout these conversations that we've been having is... Connection seems to be at the core of so much that if you are connected to your home, if you're connected to the people in your home, whether it's through fun, whether it's through emotion, whether it's through touch, whatever it is that then you are more connected to your community, and connection brings us joy. I mean, that is a huge thing. And so that moves us to another episode that I thought was really important, which was with Megan Tamty, who is the co-founder of the clothing chain EverEve. I mean, they have almost 100 stores, and she built the business when she had little kids. And one of the things I jotted down when we were talking to her about how she brings heart to her home life right. and then also to her work life was what brings joy is connection. And so I thought a lot about that. And I think about that a lot, particularly with my husband, because for me, when I have, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, I mean, it's very easy to feel connected to them because they're constantly on top of me physically. All <laughs> You're connected time. Mama, where way. are you? Mama, what are you doing? Mama, where are you going? Mama, mama, mama. I mean, I am constantly connected to them. But I've realized a lot, especially since we've had kids, That if Jay and I don't feel connected, so my partner and I don't feel connected, the whole rest of the nest is all thrown off. And so, especially since we've had these two conversations, I've been making a lot of effort in my own life at home to be thinking every day about what, like, what little thing am I doing to just connect with Jay? And maybe it's just like a quick text message, or maybe it's a conversation with him about planning a date night, or maybe it's just being more intentional about when I'm asking him how his day is actually listening to the answer. Sometimes, Sometimes it's hard, hard to I do with myself, and then I'm like, oh, I'm on to the next thing. And I definitely have found, I mean, through the theme of these conversations, that connection is so key. And when we feel connected. I think, especially in our nest to our partner, that overflows to connection to everybody else. Well,
1: and what's going to be in front of you too is when the kids get into middle school and high school. And this—that's not going to happen to my kids. I know this is always hard. This is always hard for Elizabeth when I go into the high school, college. We were talk.
0: talking about Bernie walking down my stairs in her prom dress last night <laughs> after we were two glasses of wine in and going to bed, and I was like, "What is wrong with you? Are you trying to make me sob?" You have the perfect staircase. You get—and then
1: I was talking about Bernie's wedding in the backyard. Oh. I mean, the kids are going to grow up. No, they're happen. not. They're never going but, to. But the key is, again, it goes back to connection. I think who has older kids, high schoolers? The truth of it is, if you want your kids to stay out of trouble and to do well in school, they need to feel connected to you. Yeah. And, that's, and that starts now. And I think sometimes, especially when as moms who are working full-time, you have to find a way when they're, when they're in middle school, in high school, to connect. When, I, when my kids were in high school... My older son was a swimmer. I took every carpool I could. I think the other moms sometimes thought I was a little crazy, but it was like that was the best connection time, yeah. not only to my son, but to his friends, mm-hmm. because they lived all over St. Paul. So it was like an hour and a half, and we would just drive and talk and play ACDC and then drive and talk and play some more ACDC. DC
0: is aggressive. That's I aggressive. Would, oh, yeah.
1: Super aggressive. Super aggressive in the car. How many cups
0: of coffee were you in for the ACDC? Probably like 10. Yeah, I knew it.
1: Seven yeah. I know her. I know yeah. her, Will. That's well. rocking.
0: You know, another thing that we've, we talk a lot about on the podcast are just hard things and talking about hard things. And I think talking about hard things and understanding that other people are going through them makes hard things easier. And one of our very first episodes, which was episode three, and the title was Morning Chaos. And we talked with Alice Soifert. And Alice is a blogger. She's a food blogger. She writes about parenting. She's ri- written pieces that have gotten picked up by Huffington Post. She's scary mommy. She's a lovely human being. And she's really wonderful. And We talked about the miscarriage that I went through before I had Bernie. And Marjorie shared a very personal story about a miscarriage that she went through. And I talked about with Alice in particular, Alice also went through a miscarriage. And if you listen to the episode, it was really it was really emotional because talk about connection and Alice, who had no idea what was going on in my life, I happened to see her when I was doing the show Twin Cities Live, my day job, and she came up to me and said you were sick the other day you were home the other day I and she was like I was hoping you were pregnant and then I explained to her why I wasn't pregnant and what had happened and in that moment we had such a connection and she shared with me her story of loss and then her story of then eventually having her children and kind of how she worked through that and and really just saying to me that the grief is the grief and just Really allowing to me to be okay in that grief, and understanding that when you lose a pregnancy really early, it's really easy to go, oh well, it was just this few weeks along, it was just this. I shouldn't and be that upset about it. And it's never it. adjust. And it's never adjust. And she was really there for me in that moment. And one thing that happened since that episode was the incredible amount of feedback that we got from people. I mean, I just got a message on Instagram from a woman who said. That she, she said something was calling my name this week, and after listening to one of your episodes now, I know why. And she said, we found out that I'm miscarrying our first baby, as she was listening to that episode. And she went on and said, we are so incredibly heartbroken, and I was feeling so angry and depressed and wanted some positive light, and found your podcast where you both and your guest Alice shared your miscarriage stories. And she went on and said, thank you for showing me there's a light at the end of this tunnel. My heart is breaking for any and all women that have and will go through this, but hearing more stories is making me feel a little less hard on myself and a lot more excited to finally have a baby whenever that may be. And that is where you go. This conversation that we're we're having needs to happen, and it's having such an impact on people.
1: That episode in particular, I think we all cried in that episode, Uh, but I think what's interesting about women and having children and the road to having children is I think for so many generations that when women had miscarriages, they just never talked about it. Never. And the grief hit me harder than I thought it would. Like, I really thought, I just, it it surprised me how deeply sad I was. And then you, what you realize when you have a miscarriage is that you had, cre- the life that you were creating, you had created it even bigger in your head. And so, you know, it was a little peanut. It was just a little peanut. But yeah. that little peanut had a life that I had already sort of lived through. Yeah. And so it, it is It is sad no matter where you are in the pregnancy, no matter what week you are in the pregnancy, there's, there is that life that you have shared for that moment. And I think it's been really great to hear women feeling better for hearing us talk about our stories. I think people are more open about miscarriages now, but I still think until you've gone through one, I don't know that you can really... Understand what that feels like. Yeah, I totally agree. It's not all sadness and
0: crying though. On Best yeah. of the Nest, okay? So we do cry sometimes, but we also talk about things like skincare. Ah,
1: <laughs> which at 55, I cry about a lot. We
0: had a really great episode with Laura Lemon from Lemon Lane. This was episode 16, and we're kind of just like highlighting some of our episodes so that if you're new to Best to the Nest, you can go back and listen to some of these. Lemon Lane is a store in Nashville that I love so much, and I love it for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think it is, like, the most fun cute store ever. It's a clean, green, health, wellness, and beauty boutique is what it is. And Laura Lemon is the owner of it, and she happens to be my sister's best friend from college. So we adore her and she's a wealth of information and she shared with us some like must-have things that will just kind of make you shine from the inside out and some some skincare items that really give you bang for your buck and you you like totally changed your life with it well
1: rosehip oil
0: rose hip oil rosehip oil.
1: Rose oil? Rose oil if you no matter what age you are it she said it's a mild it's a more natural and milder version of retinol yeah so if you have sensitive skin you just slather that on, and I know for some people, probably in their 30s, the idea of putting oil on your face seems counterintuitive. But I'm telling you, it'll change your life. It's so wonderful, and that's it's not so harsh. I mean, I think that's the big that's the big thing. The brand that I use, I got from
0: Laura's store, and it's called Pai. It's P-A-I. I think right. that's how you pronounce it. And it's a rosehip oil, and you just use like a couple of drops. And it and why it reminds you of retinol is it looks orange. It's orange yeah. like a vitamin A retinol.
1: Yeah. And the beautiful thing is it's rose. Right? Yeah. Rose Rose hips. Okay. Good. I I don't don't really know. know. I don't know. But it reminds me of my grandmother. Aww. It smells like my grandmother. So that's an, an added bonus for me. That's really
0: good. Okay, another episode that we got a lot of feedback about and one that we really loved was episode 47, which was titled, You May Want to Hide the Book Cover. So you know we were talking about something good if you yeah. said you may want to hide the book Talk cover. Talk about
1: hating your husband. Yeah,
0: guys. All right. Sorry to the men <laughs> who are out here with us at the Minnesota State Fair, but the title of the book that I was talking about was How Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids. How not to hate your husband after kids. You don't have to admit here at the fair if there were any oh, yes, moments we do. of hatred. Oh, do.
1: can't we do that? Okay, we're not televising this. Has anybody here ever hated their husband for a moment after kids in particular? Okay. Yes. Oh, my Thank gosh. Thank you for the woman thing. who's
0: sitting next to her husband. Did she raise her who hand? just admitted it. You are You're my girl. We adore you. You're wonderful. How do you feel about that, sir? Yeah, you know, he probably knows. Okay, well, it's only fair. Have you ever hated her? No. <laughs> right answer. Right answer. So the That's book good. is by Jancy Dunn, and this was another really interesting one that we got a lot of feedback about, because this was a book that I read when I was pregnant with Franklin, my two-year-old, and I was just feeling very trapped. I was feeling very trapped, because I had a two-year-old, run
1: Elizabeth run. And I had another
0: baby on the way, and I called my girlfriends, or I texted them one morning, it was a morning in February, and I said... I need a girl's trip. I have to get out of here before this baby is born. This needs to happen. And within five minutes, I got, I'm in. Yep. Set the date. Let's do it. So my three girlfriends, who I went to college with, who all live in California, we ended up planning a trip to Palm Springs. Perfect. We did a long weekend in Palm Springs, and it was, like, exactly what I needed. And I was in a tough spot. I was just feeling very resentful of Jay. I mean, I just was. I was feeling very resentful. Because I felt like I had... This two-year-old, I was saddled down with a pregnancy that I knew was going to lead into still not having my body back for a long time. Well, and you did breastfeed for five years. Two years. <laughs> you know what I say. I'm a, a lot of hippie and a little bit of sparkle. I mean, if I made it 13 weeks, I'm surprised. <laughs> but I make it for But that's a long big time. pressure. So it's a lot of pressure, and so I went and I read this book, and the book was by this woman, Jancy Dunn. Again, it's How Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids, and what was so great about it was she she really was honest and upfront about how she was feeling, you and talk about how it. she was feeling, and she couldn't believe this feeling, and it was a feeling that she did not anticipate when she had kids. She felt like she was going to have kids, have a child, and it was going to bring her and her husband closer. Oh, never no, know. are oh. we all, like, <laughs> sold that bill of goods? I mean, there are still people who believe no. that a good way to save your marriage oh. is to have a baby. No, that's just, that'll just speed up the divorce. What is wrong? <laughs> I mean, that's crazy talk. You think a baby is going to make things better? I mean, people have strollers
1: here. It makes things better for like a moment. Like a moment you go, oh, we did that. And then it's chaos. (laughs) And then it's total chaos. So in the book, one
0: thing I really took away from this, and we talked a lot about this on on the podcast, was the idea of negotiation. I feel like my household and my marriage is nonstop negotiation, right? You get to do this? Well, then that means I get to do this. You're doing that? Well, I already did that. I mean, it's constant. And so in that podcast, in in the book, she talks about FBI negotiation tools. And this was the thing that was the biggest takeaway for me for that was that when you're in the FBI, you automatically assume that your outcome is going to happen. And so instead of me saying, hey, can you fold the laundry? Like, hello, it's, hey, the laundry and the dishes need to be done. Which one are you doing? No options. No, it's just this is a win-win. And then it started
1: a win-win. He started
0: a win-win because I don't really care if I'm doing the dishes or the laundry, but I'm sure as hell not doing both. I can tell right. you that right now. <laughs> and so when you spoken just like in, a FBI agent. I'm saying, hey, Franklin's diaper needs to be changed or Bernie needs a snack. Which one are you doing? How does that go over? It goes over great, because then Jay just automatically is like, all right, I'm contributing, and he doesn't feel like he's being put on the defensive, because when I say, can you fold the laundry, guess what he immediately assumes? She thinks I'm a jerk because I don't fold the laundry, right? Oh, man. Jay, are you anywhere? I think he's in an animal barn, so he won't be (laughs) able to hear me right now, right? He won't be able to hear me.
1: But it was interesting. We got another... Back to the FBI thing, though. That, I think, would have been a little bit of a game changer for me, had I known that when I was in the midst of child-rearing and a young marriage. It totally because changes it, the dynamic. And it changes the tone. Because as a woman, you go in knowing, I'm going to get something out of this. Yeah. And so you don't have to go in angry. I think there were times when I would ask for stuff, and I went in angry. Uh, which times? times <laughs> that's like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> which is not times, helpful. Probably not like helpful. a hundred times. Yeah. Time. So that, that, and it also is,
0: it's about trying to figure out how to not put your partner on the defensive right yeah. away. I mean, if you're yeah. starting the conversation by putting someone on the defensive, the FBI knows if you do that, you're going to end up with some sort of
1: shootout situation, right? I mean, that's it. And here's, real quickly, this is what I love about the podcast, though. So my niece from Philadelphia calls me. She's 24. Yeah. She's heading to a baby shower and buys the book. And I just love that the next generation because this book was written like 10 years ago. Yeah, right? it really was. So the next generation is reading it too. We got another message
0: on Instagram from a podcast listener who said, I just got emotional and broke down in tears while listening to one of your episodes. Yeah, I we need might need to go people. buy and read the book, How Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids. What you were saying about motherhood and all the feelings that come with it hit me hard. She went on and said, I felt like my husband and I were in a rut for a really long time now, and I know he has no idea. Thank you for this podcast and saying things that often go unsaid, but that we can all relate to.
1: See, ladies, you can all be proud for raising your hand that there was a moment you hated your husband. I know. Because we're saying the things that people don't like to say. And to the husband who said he's never hated his wife, bravo, sir. Do we believe him?
0: You have a long future ahead of you. Do we believe him, though? I think we believe him. I think we believe him. He looks like a very jovial person. (laughs) He looks really jovial. So that was the book. You might want to hide the book cover. Another one of our um, episodes that we did on Best in the Nest was episode 25. This was, it may even still be our top downloaded episode so far, and it was on anxiety. And a lot of us are struggling with anxiety. Who's anxious? Right? I mean, everybody. It, it's like if you haven't had a moment of anxiety in your life, I don't. You must be living in some sort of zen garden that I would like to get. And in I on. want to know you. Right to know you. I want to know you. So Senya May is an acupuncturist and a holistic health expert who has become a very good friend of mine. I actually just saw her on Thursday. She helped me get through the fair, guys. This is the real deal. I'm out here nine days, okay, people. And she owns Healing Insight, which is an acupuncture clinic in Saint Paul. She is brilliant. And what she did was talk to us a lot about her severe situation with anxiety and how it was paralyzing her and then how it led to her finding an entirely new career in acupuncture.
1: And I think if you have anxiety when you have kids, it gets compounded. Because if you're an anxious person to begin with, when you bring little humans into the world, of course it's compounded because then you're, you're anxious about them. You're anxious about their first day of school. You're anxious about them on the playground. You're anxious. And so figuring out pre children how to deal with anxiety and post-children I think is key to getting through that period of your life. And she was so inspiring in talking about the practical steps you can take. I mean, I think we all know that there's medication. There are lots of things you do. The problem is I think most of us that have bits of anxiety, we self-medicate. And that, whether it's wine or it's shopping yeah. or it's whatever, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, I mean, no, this is not a headline. There's a lot of self-medication going on. And I think what was great about talking to Senya, it was, they were all such gentle ways to make small changes in your life that help you deal with anxiety. And we're talking about probably low-level anxiety as opposed to, obviously, if there's if, if you're suffering from major anxiety, those other things may be in your future. But the low level, for a lot of us, it's low level anxiety. The um,
0: sweet spot, she said, for exercise. I know we're talking about this at the Minnesota State Fair as everyone's wolfing down buckets of cookies. Yeah, but with they're no walking. Shame. You just own it. But they're walking. Yeah, they are, we are all walking. She said the sweet spot of exercise when it comes to mental health. I thought this was so fascinating. And this is one of the notes I wrote down during that episode. 45 minutes, three to four times a week. So 45 minutes, three to four times a week, that when you hit that 45-minute point, that's when you get those endorphins going. And when you go over that is when it starts to wear you down. Yep. You start to get more tired from it. So if you can focus on exercise for your mental health as being 45 minutes, three to four times a week, she said
1: that is the sweet spot. And I have to tell you, I went through a particularly difficult time in my 40s, and I... I like to exercise, so I'm one of those people that, and when I talk, I mean, I like to walk. Yeah. And it was a particularly... She's like, talking. She likes to lift 200 pounds in no, a CrossFit. I, I like mean, to walk. Look it's at. very pastoral. <laughs> but I was going through a really difficult time, and I made a point to walk. There's a little lake in Edina. It's a little man-made lake. Centennial Lakes. Oh, it's so pretty. I would walk that lake every single night, and that idea of endorphins it helps so much and i think when you're in a stressful period sometimes your inclination is to sort of hole in and you have to do exactly the opposite and that walk every night is what got me through is what got me through that period and i will tell you mothers of kids in middle school or teenagers if your kids have any sort of stress about school if they have any sort of anxiety i always think not an expert so take this for what it's worth but i saw this with my own boys find a way to get them out exercising, because those endorphins are a baseline of health. And I ran cross-country in high school, and I am sure that's why high school was easier for me in terms of this. Yeah, It's just I had a constant rush of endorphins, and I just really believe for teenagers, I know they play video games, I know that they're very sedentary, but if they're feeling anything, get them out exercising.
0: It's good. She also had a really interesting perspective on how to get good with what your body is. And I thought this was really unique because Senya, she, she mentioned in the podcast, strive for a body that's good with its own rhythm. How much do you love that statement? I just love that. Strive for a body that's good with its own rhythm. Instead of... Sometimes striving, my body has no rhythm. Sometimes there no, yeah. <laughs> some of us have rhythm, some of us don't. don't. But that idea of... Just striving for a body that feels good in what it is and just moves, and you can just kind of feel comfortable, That's such a it's such a better way to look at what you want your body to be versus even like that idea of being strong. It, it's not right. looking to make you accomplish something. It's not like you're using it as this means to an end. It's just, just to be, just yep. to be with its own rhythm.
1: And I also think, again, that goes back to anxiety and stress. If you can just get in the rhythm of your own body right away... I think you're chipping away at things that make you bring you anxiety or stress. It's so true. We also
0: did an episode, episode 32, entitled "Where Are My Pants?" Where are my (laughs) pants? And I told a story about how I couldn't find my pants, and I was in a real pickle because I couldn't find my pants. You'll have to listen to that episode in order to hear that whole story. But our guests. That day was Jody Lavon, who is, of course, an intuitive coach. She's a medium. She's a psychic. She comes on Twin Cities Live regularly. I've known her for years. Her episode on intuition was really great because I think we talk about women's intuition a lot, but I really think we hit on some nuggets on how to identify what that intuition is and what it sounds like and what you're listening for. And you.
1: You call intuition such a fascinating thing in your family, and I love it. We call it the still small voice, and that comes from a religious tradition that my husband grew up in, and I just love that. And so when we got married, we sort of made a pact to ourselves that we would trust the still small voice. So if one of us came and said, look, it's speaking to me, that the other one had to respect that. And it's interesting, because there have been times in our life, like when my husband came to me and said... I think I need to go to the seminary. And I looked at him and said, okay, okie dokie. Can't be a pastor's wife. You know that, right? Look at, I, I don't have the patience for that. I'm a, not, I Just FYI, I'm
0: a pastor's daughter. Marjorie could never be a pastor's wife. You know me. <laughs> you know
1: me. I said, I just don't have that in me. Because it's it's if you belong to a church, you know that whether the pastor is a female or a male that the family gets brought along in that. It's a like family it, business, It's a guys. family business. It's a low-paying
0: family business.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I just thought, I don't know that I can do that for you. But, sure, if you need to go to the seminary, what, what, what are you thinking? What are you going to do with that? He's like, I don't know. I honestly don't know why, but I'm being called to go to the seminary. So he did. And he was doing the morning show at the time. Where were we? I think we were in Atlanta. And so he was doing, he was doing radio at the time. So he was working full-time, and he went to the seminary. And without getting into the history of why that was so important, it was life-changing for us. And it really didn't make sense to me at the time, at all, because it was a use of our resources. It was not cheap. There were a lot of things. It was a time resource. We had young children, which meant he was trying to get his master's, essentially, and work full-time, so I saw very little of him. So it was a lot of resources, but in the end... It meant so much to our lives that I could have never imagined when he came to me and said, it's telling me. And that's 100% intuition. It's that still, small voice. And we have the times in our lives where we honored that, the blessings and the wonder— of what came of that was amazing. The times that we ignored it, when I knew Apple stock was $8 a share and that I should buy some, we have paid dearly for it. So. <laughs> we wouldn't be doing this podcast if she would have bought those Apple shares.
0: I would still be here. I would still be here. LaVon refers to it as the voice from within. And she she talked to us a lot about the tangible things that you can do to really get in touch with your intuition. My intuition involves predicting when the dryer light bulb is going to go out, which was really useful one day. But another thing that Jody said that I loved was our go-to is to stuff our stuff. And I think even just thinking about Whenever we have stuff or we feel like, ugh, or not good or unsettled or stressed, our go-to as a society is to what? Shove it down, right? right? Shove it down, especially if you're like a Minnesota Nordic Lutheran. I have news for you that you were born and bred to do that. We just (laughs) shove it down. Don't talk about it. It's fine. Just shove it down. See, I'm Irish Catholic. We just yell about it. You might yell about it. We (laughs) shove it down. So Jody was referring to our go-to being to stuff our stuff. And how we, we really do ourselves a disservice when we do that, and we can't hear the still small voice no. when it is crowded out by all the stuff that we have shoved down. You're right. And
1: that, actually, that's a really important thing, I think, for everybody, and I think it's an important thing to teach your kids, is how to slow down so that they can hear their still small voice. And I think we've worked really hard with our sons, who are 28 and 26 now, to follow I'm not big on like follow your bliss. Like that that doesn't You really, say Joseph Campbell, you can take that quote and can put it on somebody else's I mean, bumper. I get it and I don't but I what I think the still small voice is, is to follow who you are. And I think that's a for us has been a better way to look at life. I have a younger son that is a quiet soul and so he's he's getting his masters now, he'll probably go on and get his PhD. None of that is about money. But it's about who he is. And I asked him, I said, why do you want to do that? Because that's no small thing. And he said, it's something that brings me closer to books. And I thought, yep, that's you. Okay, that's, that's good. you. That's him. That's yeah. him. But that's him following that still small voice and following who he is at his core, not listening to me who is like, go to law school, go to law school. <laughs> it's not him. It's just not him. As we've been on this journey of Best to the Nest, we
0: realize that the conversation has really been focused mostly on women because yep. we are women, and so that's who we're talking to. But our last episode of Best to the Nest featured our first-ever man guest, and his name is Jay Rymers, and he's my husband. And he came on the podcast to talk about how Best to the Nest has impacted our household and how these conversations are really helping us at home. And even bigger than that, how Best to the Nest is coming up on the golf course, how he's just talking about it. it. Be. Just where it should be. He's talking about it with his buddies on the golf course. And really, he's been amazed at when he just brings it up. Like, oh, yeah, my wife has started this podcast because people ask well what does your wife do and what's she doing well she does a tv show and she's started this podcast well what is it and then he starts to explain the concept and he they all go all these guys on the golf course go oh man I don't think I'm bringing my best to the nest. I might need to bring my best yep. to the nest. My former television co-host has now had multiple conversations with me about how can he bring his best to the nest. I mean, really? yeah, we've gone out to oh, coffee and that. talked about it. I love And that. so what I love about that is that I think it shows that we're on to a dialogue and a conversation yeah. that can really impact our whole Life and our communities on a deep way. And if you listen to the episode that Jay did, or I think especially if you, you know, have a husband or a male partner or whatever who you think maybe struggles with, we all have had that crabby dad. I mean, sometimes I'll be like to Jay, you're a crabby dad, dude. Like, you're the crabby dad right now. (laughs) And moms impact the home in a huge way. But dads, I mean, a dad's mood. If um, a dad comes in slamming the door, I mean, we're all on the defensive, yeah, right? Yeah. And dads are much more likely to get hangry than moms. What is your deal, dads? Why are you so <laughs> angry? There's some dads in the audience. Do you get hangry? Yes. You're nodding. You're kind of smiling, <laughs> looking down. <sheepishly>. Oh!
1: <laughs> there you go. We
0: know that there's some anger going on. So that episode, I also, I mean, from a personal perspective, hearing Jay talk about our household and our relationship and parenting, was really, really important, and it, was,
1: and it was great. So for the guys out there,
0: it's not just about the women.
1: Well, I think and we're going we're gonna to talk about some little quotes that happened on the show, and there's one at the end that we're going to end with, I, which I think is the most important thing, and it's the reason to have the conversation. And it's funny because both Elizabeth and I have been in media for so long, and we've covered so many stories about other people. We've covered so many stories about interesting people. But in the end, the conversation that's most interesting to me really is how are we raising our families how are we doing that how are we a big thing for me was I had two boys I grew up with three sisters so having a house of boys was like wow this is weird but I just so much wanted to raise kind men I just really wanted men that were going to be good to the woman that they married that they were going to be good fathers and then beyond that and that's all about what best to the nest is is what are we doing inside our homes well we'll get to the quote yeah we will because it's fed. okay
0: so we're going to wrap up this conversation on best to the nest 201 with some of our favorite quotes from episodes quote things that we've said that have really like made us
1: laugh or made us stop and you really loved this quote from so me I mean, yes yeah. this is one of my favorite elizabeth reese quotes Uh, Bourbon makes things better. (laughs) (laughs) Wholeheartedly agree with that one.
0: That was in an episode where we were recommending some of our favorite cocktails, which we do occasionally. Mine is just streamlined
1: to just straight bourbon. Just straight
0: bourbon. You're on a real bourbon kick right now. I am. Okay, Marjorie, I loved this. At one point during the podcast, we were talking about something, and then we went off on some sort of tangent, and we probably contradicted ourselves, and Marjorie said, I don't know what we've solved here.
1: Which is basically, I think, why the podcast hopefully feels like you're sitting with girlfriends over cocktails. Because we all have had that conversation where you talk for an hour and a half and you're very excited about everything. And then you're like, ah, "I don't really know what happened there." I don't there. know, what we saw there, yeah. but I do feel better that I got it all out
0: there. Yeah. I like this one too from Marjorie and this is another just common theme throughout the podcast which is a little bit lighter and maybe seems more trivial, but is about loving the things that you surround yourself with. Yeah. Filling your home with things that have meaning and getting rid of the crap that doesn't yeah. because the brings crap the that doesn't have meaning brings you stress. Weighs you down, makes you feel guilty, makes you feel unsettled. But having beautiful things that mean something to you, even when it comes to like your dish soap container or your broom, like little things that you find beauty in and are well-made
1: and will last, makes your nest happier. And Marjorie said, I like to look at pretty things. It's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) That is when, when, when I lived in Minnesota in particular, I've got a whole list of pretty places in Minnesota where I went to look at pretty things. I would leave the house of boys. And just go look at pretty things and try on pretty dresses. It made me feel better. And I think in your home, like this morning, I'm taking a shower in what Elizabeth calls the lodge, which is her guest room, which is beautiful. The lodge. And I think the shower was built maybe in the 60s. Oh, yeah, for sure. But the little knob... Where you sort of guide the water is the cutest little knob you could ever imagine. I love it so much. I can't believe you found beauty in that shower. That's I really did. amazing. I did. Every time did I'm it? in there, I'm thinking, we got to oh, redo no, this. No, no. Thing. Then you send me that knob. <laughs> I, love I love that little fixture. But okay, you, that's can yes, you can always find pretty good. things.
0: Yes. It's very good. Okay. And then the final quote that this happened really early on in the podcast, that I said this and I felt. I do feel like it kind of sums up what we're going for here. And
1: I'm going to read this because this is brilliant. And this, to me, is so much of the mission of Best to the Nest. Elizabeth said, imagine if every house in your block was happy on the inside. How amazing would it be on the outside? And I think that is what this is all about. We take that idea of self-care
0: and kind of filling your own cup first and make it a little bit more holistic where it's about filling up your family first, and then that overflows into your neighborhood and into your community and into your workplace instead of trying to constantly – give this fake, happy, great out everywhere, and then you get home, and you're freaking wrecked, you guys. I mean, it's... And we've all been there and done that, and I, I talk about on this podcast, and we talk about this in our house a lot. I have a very public job. You know, I do an hour and a half television show for a living every day. I do radio and... It is so much harder for me to recover from a tough day at home than it is from a tough day at work. If I have a bad day at work, I mean, yeah, that's a bummer, right? It's not fun. If things go wrong or there's drama or whatever, and that happens, you you can get past that. When I feel like we start the day all off or like I get in a fight with my husband or it's mayhem or I just feel like I'm failing at home, it's so much harder to get out there and muster up the energy to then do my job. And that's where it became clear to me that I'm better at my job if home is the best. And I think all of us are like that, and we just have to focus on the home. And it's not going to be perfect, and it's going to be a journey, and we're going to fail. But we're going to fail together, and we're going to talk about the real hard stuff. I mean, one of our first episodes, I shared a fight that I got in that led to me throwing a rug down the stairs. Not a proud moment. At Jay, kind of. I don't think I would have really hit him, but I might have been okay if it would have just, like, (laughs) swooped past him. And when Marjorie was taking a tour of my home last night as she's staying with us for the weekend, I said, that's the rug
1: I threw down the stairs. (laughs) And I said to Elizabeth, because I've renovated a couple of houses, I said, you know, that's the hard part when you have a fight with your husband, especially, like, if you're decorating or something like that, those things become forever, and that will always be the rug that you had a fight over. And for now, it's good to keep it in perspective. So now you can remember to not have those fights yeah, again. Yeah. But, but at I'm,
0: some point, that rug will have to go.
1: <laughs> I'm super distracted. I just have to say, like, halfway through what you're saying is, like, I'm so focused on those French fries in a very unhealthy way. <laughs> May I? Can I just have one?
0: ounce bucket. Oh, my gosh. I've been dreaming of these French fries. We're at the bottom of the bucket. We're, of course, at the Minnesota State Fair doing our very first live podcast episode. I just couldn't even focus anymore. We will get you your own French fries. We absolutely will.
1: I love it. Well, you guys, this has been really fun. All righty. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. If you have a moment, please give us a review at Apple Podcasts. And
0: reach out to us. Weigh in. Be part of the conversation. You can find both of us on Instagram, at Best to the Nest, or at Eliz Reese and at It's Me Marjorie 1. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. And Marjorie got the crunchy bottom bits of the I French fries. We're I love you. Cheers. I love you, people. There, everybody. Thanks for being Thank part of this you. conversation. you.